Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. What was billed as the game of the year turned into a blowout as the Niners sent Eagles fans home disappointed. And speaking of disappointment, Florida State has everyone beat this week. And the Packers and Chiefs played a football game at Lambeau Field that was fitting of two cold weather franchises. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. If the three best teams in the NFC are the Philadelphia Eagles, San Francisco 49ers, and Dallas Cowboys, then there can be no question, regardless of what the records are, that right now the 49ers are the best team in the NFC because they have now hung 40 in blowout wins against both the Eagles and the Cowboys, the latest, a 42-19 drubbing in Philadelphia. Brian Peacock joins me now from Locked On 49ers. And Brian, we talked about this game coming in, and you said, look, is this team the the team that blows out everybody they play or the team that had a weird three-week stretch? You said it's more likely the team that blows out everybody. Here they are now blowing out a formerly 10-1 and team. What made the matchup so friendly for the 49ers in this one? The unbelievable part, too, Peter, is they did it in three quarters because yeah. they were kind of ugly for the first quarter. They, yeah, down six nothing in the first quarter. Six nothing, a couple of quick three and outs. The defense was bend, don't break, and they were able to, you know, hold them to hold the field, the the Eagles to field goals and not touchdowns. And that six point lead was clearly when you saw that second field goal, it was like that's not going to be enough in this one. And then all of a sudden they got hot, and it was Debo three times, and it was. Um, Brandon Ayuk diving catch, and there was a lot of Kittle involved. And Juwan Jennings got himself a couple of key third downs, and then you know f- swatted away a a, a poor a, a one of the many poor tackling defensive backs on the uh, on the Philadelphia Eagles defense, and and ran in and scored another touchdown. And uh, such a huge advantage for a team when they're able to double dip and get the score right at the end of the first half, and then get the yeah. kickoff and go right down the field you know, for, for another touchdown, 175 combined yards on those two drives. And, and that was it. The, the Debo haymaker was, that was it. And then Debo came back with yet another haymaker after they scored again. So it was phenomenal to see them work and see everything. And I didn't even mention Christian McCaffrey, right? Some people are calling the MVP of the league and yeah. he was kind of afterthought on the offense. He was really good as he always is, but uh, it, it was a powerhouse performance by the 49ers. The defense was then up to the challenge as well and made things extremely difficult on Jalen hurts. And that, uh, and that Philadelphia Eagles offense and uh, almost disrespectful to me, Peter, that you would even talk about the three best teams in the NFC because there's the one best team in the NFC. Yeah. And then we can talk about who's after that. And I think, well, we no, come on. That was the point. That was the whole point of the open, Brian. Uh, <laughs> you said three and I was like, you know, we, we could, we can group them into threes or we can group them into. Yeah. One. There's not, there is not a tier. There is San Francisco and everybody else right now to be sure. And, and this felt like the first game where we, we really saw Debo Samuel, being the Debo version from a couple years ago when he was breaking tackles and breaking off long runs. Like you look at this game and Brock Purdy played a nice game, 19 of 27 for three fourteen and four touchdowns. But like all of those from Debo Samuel, the one sixteen on four catches were all after the catch. Like those were, this was peak Shanahan. Let's scheme some stuff up and get the ball in the hands of our playmakers. That being said, 456 yards, it doesn't matter how you get them. If you win the line of scrimmage and you are the more physical team as the ball carrier, it's sort of like who's going to stop this team, and that's how, that has to be how the 49ers feel right now. 
And the Eagles are a team that can win the line of scrimmage, and they did for one quarter. They usually do. Yeah, and they did for one quarter, and Lane Johnson's awesome. He did a great job on Nick Bosa for most of the night. You know, a couple pressures. Uh, I do think the 49ers were trying to keep Jalen Hurts in the pocket, and Hurts wasn't amazing from the pocket. Uh, He was able to, you know, make a couple plays and get out of the pocket, but the the secondary held up as well. And so even when you're looking for a weakness on the 49ers, like, ah, maybe the offensive line. Nope, they actually played really good too. Uh, Maybe it's the secondary, not the fastest secondary. No, they played great as well. Uh, So uh, the 49ers are complete. They're really good. They're coached well. They play well. And say what you want about Brock Purdy, but he finds a way to facilitate the offense the way it needs to be facilitated at a ridiculously high level. If you're listening to the Jalen Hurts love and the MVP stuff at a certain point, don't you have to say, what about my guy? Like, yeah, there's a lot of help that Brock Purdy gets, but Jalen Hurts has a lot of help too. Why not Brock Purdy? Well, no doubt. They always talk about that. They're like, okay, well, the last thing you need to help your quarterback is go get them some weapons, right? When the Philadelphia Eagles did that, you got the best offensive line in the league and you got two star wide receivers. Well, yeah, you got a lot of help, right? So why does Brock Purdy get deemed for having help? when other quarterbacks don't get deemed for, for having help. You know, Josh Allen was a mess until Stephon Diggs showed up into yeah. town. And uh, you see it all the time. And we've seen Brock Purdy outplay everybody else who's played quarterback in, in Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers offense by a wide margin. Yeah, you've talked and about that a lot. Why is it a, I mean, what, what, what do you, what's the job of a quarterback? It's to facilitate. And he's the, he's the ultimate point guard. He gets the ball out quick. He gets the ball out where it needs to be accurately. So guys can catch and run the ball. Um, he, he's such an anticipatory thrower as well. Uh, and then when it breaks down, he can, you know, scamper around and make some plays with his legs as well and get out of the pocket a little bit. Uh, he even put his shoulder down in this one, which I was surprised. And the DBs couldn't tackle, couldn't tackle Brock Purdy either in this game. It's pretty unbelievable. Stay up to date all year on the San Francisco 49ers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On 49ers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the college football playoff committee decided not one, but two one-loss teams are better choices than the undefeated Florida State Seminoles. Before we get to that controversy, Sunday provided plenty of drama on the gridiron. We're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also tons of weekly promos and boosts to give you plenty of opportunities to increase your payout. Tonight's game heavily favors Trevor Lawrence showing out after the Bengals gave up 400 yards to the Steelers last week. The Jags are expected to feast. FanDuel has Jacksonville favored by 10 on Monday Night Football. You can also combine bets for a bigger payout. Same game parlays, a great way to enjoy watching Monday Night Football. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Texans and Broncos put together a thriller that came down to the Houston defense. A victory Monday for the Houston Texans as they celebrate 
uh, a 22-17 victory over the Red Hot Denver Broncos. A career day for Nico Collins. Tank Dale, unfortunately, is out. So we have to look at how the Houston Texans went about the game today and how they can move forward. When we open up this game, Cody, looking at how the defense signed against the Denver Broncos. It was a team that came in, red hot, winners of five in a row. Uh, we saw the Houston Texans limit Russell Wilson only 186 yards on the day, three interceptions, sacked three times, a QBR of 20.3, a QB rating of 53.2. This defense gave every opportunity to the Houston, Texas offense to pull the game out. And honestly, they were the reason this team won the ball game. One week after it seemed like he got rid of what was holding him back, Kenny Pickett left the Steelers game early as Pittsburgh got dominated by the Arizona Cardinals. Steelers fans, you are going through it right now. In that game that the Steelers absolutely needed as a gimme, they drop embarrassingly 24 to 10 to the Arizona Cardinals, just the Cardinals' third win this season. Now, the Steelers, they dropped seven and five, and this is their worst loss of the season. There's no question there's, there's no question about it. You can go back to other losses. The Browns' loss was pretty tough, uh, but against a division opponent, you can kind of forgive some of those because you know a lot of times those games get, get close. The Jaguars game, you can say, well, and Pickett got, got hurt halfway through, other things like that. And it's the Jaguars, they're fighting for a one seed right now in the AFC playoff picture. You can say the Texans, CJ Stroud had a great game, and the Niners are one of the best teams in football. There's no excuse for losing to the Cardinals, and that's the bottom line. Colts won a wild game in Nashville against the Titans. The Indianapolis Colts win ugly in Tennessee to improve to 7-5 on the season. Hello, everyone. I'm Zach Hicks of the Locked on Colts podcast. And yes, the Indianapolis Colts stay in that seventh seed of the AFC playoff race uh, with a victory over the Tennessee Titans, 31-28 on the road. Uh, wide receiver Alec Pierce was the big star of the day. Three receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown, including a massive catch in overtime that gave the Colts the, the room to operate to win the game there in overtime. Obviously, Michael Pittman Jr. finished it off, but just a fantastic day overall at the end of the game, at least by Alec Pierce and Michael Pittman Jr. to close this one out. It wasn't the prettiest game by the Indianapolis Colts. Their defense did not play well. They didn't convert in the red zone on many opportunities, and uh, they lost the turnover battle. But you know what? Good teams find a way to win in the NFL, and that's what the Colts did in this one. They found a way to win no matter what it took. Here is another story you need to know. When Alabama beat Georgia, Florida State fans got a little nervous. They couldn't keep an undefeated Power 5 conference champion out of the college football playoff, right? Except that's exactly what happened. They moved from four down to five. Alabama jumps them. They are in the college football playoff. And Florida State is on the outside looking in. Ken Gibbs from Locked On ACC and one of our co-hosts of Locked On College Football Kickoff Live joins me now. Ken, what do you make of committee chair Boo Corrigan's explanation that really comes down to, well, Jordan Travis is hurt and they're not the team that they've been all season. Do you find that compelling? No, it's not compelling at all for a multitude of reasons. Number one, you're basing that argument off of the last time that you saw that offense with a true freshman who had not played at all in meaningful football this year as the guy when the actual quarterback that was going to be playing in the college football playoff forward has seen meaningful time, has beaten a power five team, and he is in concussion protocol. He doesn't have – Tate Rodemaker doesn't have a torn ACL, MCL, PCL, doesn't have broken rotator cuff or anything like that. He is in concussion protocol. 
I have never heard of a first concussion keeping a guy out for a month plus. So by that logic, we're 99.9% sure that a guy who is capable and can lead this offense would have been playing. And yet and still, we see the first ever undefeated Power 5 conference champion who very well might have beaten the Heisman winner at a neutral site get put out of the playoff. It's a shame. It's a travesty. It's a sin. It's a debacle unlike anything I've ever seen. How do you think this changes if Georgia just wins the SEC championship? Honestly, I, I don't know. Because if if Georgia wins the SEC championship, you still kind of run into certain problems of, okay, so now you've got Georgia undefeated, you've got Michigan undefeated, you've got Washington undefeated, and then you could say, well, Florida State comes in at number four, but then you have the argument of, well, Texas did all this and Texas all that. Texas jumped them too. And, and, that's, and that's my whole problem here. It's based on the idea that Jordan Travis is hurt and, and he was playing phenomenally. He was playing like a Heisman candidate before he went down and all that. But the reality is Florida State wasn't a one-trick pony. They had an excellent stable of running backs. Benson and Tofili have been carrying the mail all year. You've got two receivers on the outside that are averaging six, five and a half in terms of height. And one of them returns punts. One of them in Keon Coleman turns punts. If you look at the six, seven guy that is at worst an early third round pick and you say that's the worst of my two receivers, you got a damn good problem on your hands. And then we haven't even talked about that defense with Jared Verse, a guy that – he's going to be in that green room for a very, very short time. Yep. I mean, he's going to be in there shorter than my hair. That's how long he's going to be <laughs> in that green room waiting for his name to be called. Big Fisk in the middle with three sacks in a conference championship game. Kalen Deloach, one of the only homegrown talents on that team. A defensive backfield that has shown up consistently. One of the best scoring defenses in the nation. The narratives around the ACC are so nasty that instead of this being a hard-fought defensive struggle in which an excellent Florida State team found a way to win in spite of missing its leader. It was uh, a man Florida State team beat a man Louisville team as if Louisville's not one of the top 20 offenses in the nation and as if Florida State hasn't consistently been one of the top scoring defenses in the nation. Is is this going to be one of the all-time, uh, in terms of Florida State-Georgia, one of the all-time, like, uh, we wish we were somewhere else games? Oh, all time, I don't even know if the game is going to happen. I I am the way that Florida State fans and, and boosters and all that are talking about this game, the way that you could see so many players sit out in this game on both sides in terms of, hey, listen, if we don't have a shot at the national championship, yeah, cool, a New Year's Six Bowl is cute and all, but what does that do for these two caliber, uh, this caliber of program? One of which just had a 29-game winning streak ended. The other of which has had multiple national champions. It does not matter what age you are. Nine times out of ten, if you can walk, you can talk, you can function and do all the things and, and have self-actualization, you've seen both of these teams win national championships. So I would not be surprised if you see everybody in their mom in street clothes for this game. And I really wouldn't be surprised if Florida State sat it out all together and said, you know what, since our starting quarterback meant that much that our team is now a terrible team or now not the same caliber of team, regardless of us winning and doing so convincingly by double digits, we don't need to play this at all. I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't be mad at him. You're saying a potential boycott here. 
Absolutely. And I would not be mad at Florida State at all for doing it. The NCAA, the CFP has made their bed. And if Florida State decided, hey, this is the bed y'all made, go ahead and get somebody else to do it. Mm -mm. Go ahead and get uh, one of those teams with a high graduation rate to, to get on in there. Get James Madison. Get uh, one of those type of squads in there for that game. I'm not mad at them because the, the committee deserves this. You cannot. You cannot, you cannot leave an undefeated Power 5 team out. I don't care how you cut it, how you slice it. All you can do is beat the teams that are in front of you, including one of the SEC's best. So I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. And again, a boycott is not something I would be mad at at this point. Stay up to date all year on the ACC by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On ACC on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Packers and Chiefs. It was Jordan Love against Patrick Mahomes at Lambeau Field. Taylor Swift in the crowd. Don't look now, but the Green Bay Packers might have done it again. Jordan Love against Patrick Mahomes. Taylor Swift in the building. Simone Biles, the GOAT, also in the building. She's married to Packer safety Jonathan Owens. If you didn't know, I'm sure you know all about what's going on with Taylor Swift. But Taylor who in this game? This game was all about Jordan Love who outdueled Patrick Mahomes, a Packers offense that has found its legs, that looks like the best version that it has been all season long. They go into Detroit last week against the the division-leading Detroit Lions, and they pound Detroit on Thanksgiving on a short week. And you go, okay, is this who Jordan Love is? It kind of looks like it. And then he comes back against the baddest man on the planet, the 8-3 Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, and outplays them. And just from the start, throwing darts right up on the face mask. This version of Jordan Love, this guy, can go toe-to-toe with anyone in the league. Toe-to-toe with Justin Herbert, come out on top. Toe-to-toe with the top five offense in the Detroit Lions. Come out on top. Toe-to-toe with Patrick G.D. Mahomes. I don't think those are his middle initials. And you come out on top. In a game where you outgain the Chiefs, you don't turn it over and the Chiefs do. You don't commit the sloppy penalties that the Chiefs do. The Packers look like the better coached team. And that's the other part of this that can't be ignored. The Green Bay Packers looked dead in the water in October. They were searching for an identity, losing to the Broncos and the Raiders in in glorious fashion. The Steelers, they lost to the Raiders a couple weeks before they fired their head coach. They lost to the Steelers a week before they fired their offensive coordinator. And yet here they are, looking like one of the most dangerous teams Not just in the NFC, in the NFL right now as we push toward the playoffs. Matt LaFleur has put himself right in the coach of the year conversation. And if the Packers end up going 10 and 7, and by the way, 11 and 6 is not out of the question. Here's their schedule to close. They have the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Vikings, and the Bears to close. Those are their final five games. Now, this is a young team. They could absolutely lose one of those. They will be favored in every single one of them. Matt LaFleur deserves to be 
recognized as one of the best one of the best coaches in the league. It was easy before to dismiss and say, "Oh no, it's Aaron Rodgers. How can we disentangle what LaFleur does from what Aaron Rodgers does?" And I have said on Locked On Packers year after year because I have made the case at least in 2019 he I thought he was the coach of the year. I voted for him for coach of the year. 2020 and 2021, he had a case to be sure. But I was making the case then you can actually disentangle it pretty easily because look at what Rodgers was before and then what he was under LaFleur. Look at what this offense was in October versus what it is now. Look at what Jordan Love was in October versus what he is now going into these games knowing what, just watch the demeanor of this team. They look like they think they can beat anybody. And guess what? The last two weeks, they haven't beaten just anybody. They've beaten two division winners, two no doubt playoff teams. One of them, the defending Super Bowl champions with Patrick Mahomes. Have I mentioned Patrick Mahomes? And Jordan Love has played Patrick Mahomes now twice. He's outplayed him both times. There's no more questions about Jordan Love. He's the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers for the foreseeable future. And one of the big reasons is Matt LaFleur is deep, deep, deep in his bag. This team is scary. And I'm telling you, no one in the NFC, especially right now, is going to want to play him. And finally, two-way superstar Shohei Otani is believed to have already received multiple bids well north of $500 million. And some speculate he could even wind up as baseball's first $600 million man, or come close at least, which sounds both completely crazy and totally reasonable. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national show covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, can the Jaguars take care of business on prime time TV? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today. Thank you.